Welcome to another episode of Driving to the Riz. Yay! With Larry, PB, and Inelia. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> PB's here, you all heard her last week too. Mm. She's going, ew, ew, ew. Yep, yeah. She's a cutie. She's a cutie pie. Um, so this episode is also recorded at the Shaman Shack. Nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. So our boat's pulled out of the water, mm-hmm. so we're not driving to the boat on the res. <laughs> yes. We're driving to the boat to Port Townsend. Port Townsend, yeah. Port it's hauled out of the water, getting its bottom scrubbed. And that takes several hours to get there, huh? Yeah, that makes six hours of driving for six yeah. hours of boat working. Yeah, that's a lot of driving. It's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Except that I don't go. <laughs> and it's our car of, is very loud. It's a lot of listening to them, honey. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Dan and I and uh, one of my deckhands, Ramon, we drive to uh, Port Townsend three hours and uh, listen to good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we listened to a higher side chat. Which one? Oh, it was about Ormus. Ormus, yeah. yeah. So last week we mentioned a little bit about instant manifestation. That's and how right. We're, we were and going we, to. We yeah. were talking, going to talk a little bit more, but basically there's a lot of information, tons and tons of information. <sighs> Tons and tons of methods and tons and tons of precautions and warning signs and things about instant manifestation. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing a workshop late January for with 14 people. It's fully booked mm. because I offer it to the walkwithmenow.com members first. Mm. And actually, that's the only ones that qualify for this particular one because I'm going, it's going to be really advanced. So... You don't want to go instant manifesting on yourself if you no. haven't got the tools and the skills to, to figure yourself out. Figure yourself out because, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it's true we're instantly manifesting already, right? All the time, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, but when we move it into a more conscious uh, state, Wait. then our our sh- our thoughts start you know, like imp- yeah. impeding on it more than the unconscious, uh, I guess, programs that we're basically. Safely ensconced in at the moment. <laughs> I guess that'd be the right word, right? Safely in- ensconced <laughs> in uh, disempowered. <laughs> Safely disempowered, right? Our little. Uh, <laughs> we got the training wheels on. There's a bit of a time delay. You can have your bad thought and go away. Get distracted by another thing really fast. And it takes a long time for those bad <laughs> thoughts to you gotta, mount up and become big enough for you, know, you to manifest. You really got to work at it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah, but if you use some of the instant manifestation tools, which Ormus, interestingly enough, appears to be, especially the um, the metal oils, um, yeah. uh, it does. There's reports of instant manifestation with those, so but the reports are not very positive. They were more like a them. warning sign, huh? Yeah, like be careful because this made life hell for nine months until it finally shut off. <laughs> it took too much. Yeah, and uh, on the other hand. Uh, the one lady we had listened to, and I, I wish I had her name. We could probably put it in there Chris. at the end. Chris. Yeah. She mentioned the ionic state of the minerals, you know, the trace minerals that we often got in our food when we were living more in alignment, I suppose, with a powerful body. And a powerful soil where the plants grew. Which was the powerful soil where the plants grew. You know, we had our own gardens and we had healthy biomes and all of these. And actually, we, we have a little uh, video about dirt coming up one of these days that kind of uh, 
detail some of the things that are in the dirt. I mean, the dirt was the most live, the the basis of everything, and it was the ionic instead of like crystalline, but ionic. Little tiny bitty itsy bitsies, not even dirt size bits of minerals that our bodies use at a genetic DNA level that get our glands operating properly, which puts out the hormones, which makes our body function correctly. And when you start tamping all these things down and turning the volumes down on all these things, you enter into the state that most of us exist in, which is something of a disempowered state, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So replacing them strictly from a mineral sense, which is um, what Ormus is uh, in the, the Ormus that was from salt water, mm -hmm. ocean water, that that should help remineralize your body and that alert turn your glands back on your pituitary gland you know the glands that create the hormones that make your body function properly so I, i've noticed that and i think we talked about that not too long ago how in the 20s and the 1800s and whatnot people would be plopped so into the middle of nowhere and so in no time much energy and power no time at all there'd be a homestead a farm cows and horses and fields <laughs> have you ever tried to put a fence up <laughs> have you tried to I make know. a fence by cutting down a tree and then splitting it into pieces and then sticking those pieces in the dirt and then stringing wire around I know. My gosh, I if know. I had to do a one-acre field by cutting a cedar tree down and cutting it to the right lengths and then splitting it with a handsaw, uh -huh. we would be having no fence for about two or three years, probably. And even in the museum, in the Macau Museum, yeah. the stuff that Macau's, <laughs> I mean, and built and got on with, I mean, the environment they lived in and the yeah. work they did. And, and your house fits on your house. canoe and your canoe came yeah. out of a cedar log. You char yeah. carved that sucker out. And then you built a house out of the other part of the cedar tree, <laughs> these giant things. It's a giant house, and you made it big enough for, you know, six or eight families to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> you made that out of trees. Yeah. And what <laughs> impressed me also was how the young men would train, cover themselves in um, seal oil. Yeah, yeah. And then go out in the ocean and swim for hours in the cold, cold ocean. The same ocean that these days... When you go to the Coast Guard training, because I went to one of the Coast Guard training for um, driving the Ilaria and being on a boat, living on a boat, um, they said you can only last like, I can't remember how many seconds or minutes. 15 minutes. 15 to minutes max. An hour maximum. In the water half before an hour you, maybe you die if you're of super cold. Lucky, you're going to die of hypothermia, yeah. yeah. That's if you have a suit on or something, but if you have like, just your clothes and you fall into the water your body starts going cold immediately and you know that's why you need your vest all the time because your body will start swimming <laughs> yeah i don't remember exactly if it was our tribe macaw tribe or it was another tribe but there was a story i'd read just re recently within the last month about uh, a fella or two who were on board a boat that sank and they didn't have life jackets they didn't have survival suits they didn't have anything <clears throat> it might have been a sealers. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was sealers, I think, in their little canoe. Yeah. Because they'd bring their canoes out on the schooner ship. They put the canoes out, and the canoes would go out and catch seals and then come back in the afternoon or something mm -hmm. and put the seals on the ship. And these guys went out, and they didn't come back. And they went to look for them the next day, and the boat had sunk, and they'd been swimming around for a full day Yeah. in the ocean water. That was they that, were fine. Yeah, that was that documentary for, about your family, remember? That was, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah, Macau that, Tribe. That was a screening yeah. we watched. Uh, it'd be nice to get that. 
I don't. They haven't released that no, movie. Yet, I, I don't think, think there was just some released. screenings of it from yeah. the museum. That yeah. was fascinating. It but was fascinating. Yeah. It reminds me of Wim Hof too, the breather, breathing ice man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he can tolerate the cold. Well, and above and beyond any Anything that I've ever regular heard. human, but it's apparently not that it's above and beyond any regular human. It's just above and beyond our current experience of human. Yeah, exactly. And he uses breathing, doesn't use Ormus. And he uses breathing and he uses meditation. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are different ways to achieve that state of powerful body, right? The, our physical body is being powerful. But yeah, Ormus is very interesting. I've never tried it. Um, in Walk With Me Now, several individuals have also already tried it and they wrote their reports and experiences around it. And it interests me. It makes it fascinating to me, I think. And during the event, one of our participants is bringing in or going to start some hormones before her. She's an alchemist, yes. She's an alchemist, yeah. yes. She's a training, alchemist in training. Um, and she's starting the hormones now so that when... January, then the January starts. Um, the retreat, not retreat, the workshop starts. She'll have enough for all the participants and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, because it, in the in the alchemy process, in the Ormus process, there is the physical part about it's um, ion of mineral, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a um, relevant part. But in our world, we have more than just the physical expression of reality. There's the non-physical, the ultra-dimensional, the extra-dimensional, higher-dimensional parts of it. And in creating Ormus, it lends itself well to bringing in higher uh, energies, higher dimensionals, higher states of awareness, the spark of life even. Yes, the spark of life. That's the, the key. State, right. The key to it is the spark of life. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that because the spark of life, life has been used and humans have used the spark of life or generating that spark to bring life in for magic, right? Which is instant manifestation or manifestation, empowered manifestation or conscious manifestation for a very, very long time. Almost being one of them that I think was rediscovered, they says rediscovered recently. Rediscovered, but... Um, but also you have like chaos magic, which also uses the same energy through sex, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's unknown. It's it's something that people know about the spark of life energy. Bring it in, and you can infuse your thoughts or your um, desires, wishes, daydreams, creations on the planet, i.e., manifestations with this energy, and they'll come through and out you know, in stronger ways. That's why we need the the uh, the workshop that I'm carrying out. People all have to do uh, quite a lot of the classes and courses that I put out because to reach that level of empowerment, and that's the warning sign, right? Mm. You really need to have your shit together, pardon my French. You really need to get your yourself in a state where you are the empowered individual, you are the sovereign who is in charge of his or her thoughts and not the other way around and emotions. You cannot be swayed into this or that by external forces at any time. Um, and that's a possible and it's ama amazing and very freeing and incredibly good state to live in. People who are achieving that state are 
you know, it's just really, really, really different. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the interview with an angel book where you meet Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, the experience of Michael, you know, being the scary boy, mm-hmm. guarding the gates of heaven. In this case, though, he was just, um, I think, testing you in some way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you want to share that story real quick? Yeah, so um, the book Interview with an Angel is one of my novels. They're my, all of my novels are empowerment novels. In other words, they're infused with mystical energies to um, help the individual who reads them step out of their limiting programs and belief systems. This particular story about Michael is an experience that I had in real life and I translated it into a novel with uh, the Archangel Michael, what we might call Archangel Michael, which is a being who... There's not just one, but there's a being whose job it is to almost guard the collective low-frequency gamers from uh, reaching the high-frequency gamers yeah, area. That makes, that makes sense when you say it that way. It's not like the gates of heaven. No. It's the gates between two experiences of reality. Exactly, exactly. So when people are still functioning from a level of fear... What happens is when they meet him, he becomes, they see fire in his eyes and a big flaming sword coming at them. (laughs) And if they turn and run because they're afraid, they're not ready for that other place because they're still carrying fear within them and still giving power away to somebody else to hurt them, which is the power over others game. And if you still carry the power over the others game, you're you're not able to function within a fully empowered instant manifestation, high-frequency location is not compatible, right? So, for example, everybody will be manifesting beautiful experiences, adventures and expressions and um, explorations of the universe and multiverse, and there you go inside and start being afraid of everything and manifesting, you know, (laughs) monsters and bringing them in, you know? So... It's not. It's basically not compatible. It <laughs> doesn't work together. Yeah. So when he came at me with these fiery eyes and the sword, I thought he was, oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that beautiful? My body did respond a little bit in fear, but then it was like, wait, you know, that's really fascinating. It's more than I, it was like a state of fascination mm-hmm. with the fire in his eyes. And especially, and I was looking into his eyes and suddenly they became oceans, mm-hmm. like the ocean blue and intense and like deep deep depth of the ocean full of wonder and life and sentiency and probably intense energy like vast reservoir of yeah exactly yeah because the ocean is powerful man powerful so that kind of and i've seen others face that state and not play with the fear right just mm-hmm. just step out of it it's not about fighting yeah if other people will take out their swords and start fighting him you know so they're still <laughs> carrying that energy of the warrior or I'm, I'm really enjoying war games and for you to enjoy war games you need to be in a state of low frequency games because you're hurting others right and they're you're 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 charging in and and seeing who's stronger, who can hurt the other more <laughs> to defeat them. So, yeah, that energy, um, instant manifestation, all that stuff 
is really fascinating. I think to me, why am I interested in it? Why am I talking about it so much? I've been talking about having at least a million or th even a thousand light worker, highly empowered, totally figured out their lives and their stuff, uh, billionaires on the planet. Even if we have a thousand of you, we can create enormous changes because what is being a billionaire is just the ability to do, right? The use At the moment on the planet, we use money and having a lot of it means that you can do a lot. And, and yeah, people talk about, oh, what, what will I want to do with my billions? Yeah, you get a nice car, a nice house, a, a yacht or two or three and whatever. And that's all good. That's all good because you're enjoying the fruits of your empowerment, of your manifestation. But then what do you do with the rest? And that's what it becomes interesting to me, right? Because, yeah, I I would like all those things. So they're very nice, right? Mm -hmm. But what is what would be interesting to me for you to use the money on to invest and, and create those new structures that we've been talking about, like education, like work that's true high frequency. True education, you know, education that's teaching you Life to be Earth. a powerful being. Exactly. Not a, not a, not you a know, or a slave. great worker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a great thinker, a great in, inspiration, a great um, example of, hey, here's a life that you can have and here's how you can have it. Yeah. And, you know, here's how to uh, have a house. And, yeah. And, and high know, frequency workplaces. And and be a guardian for your space. Although, yeah. you know, more than one plus one equals five. I mean, I, wait, does it equal five? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I better go back. I got the calculus, but I skipped the addition part. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, instant manifestation, Oramos is very high on the agenda right now for us. Mm -hmm. um, now you know why. <laughs> the yes. conversations are carrying out, you know, walkwithmenow.com. That's the type of conversations we have there. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring up. Um, we're going to have. We're going to try. Wait, I don't know if I should tell everyone. What? Alternate use of our Lemurian portal pyramid. So it might come. Come, come lick our coin. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Don't say that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> so we're gonna hang a gold coin in our pyramid. Well, I thought we had nuggets. So we're gonna use nuggets. No, we need a coin. Okay. We have to have a coin because we need the flat surface. All right, guys, we send, us, area. send us a pure gold coin, okay? We'll hang you, it in the pyramid, halfway down <laughs> in the Lemurian portal, and Lucy will guard it so nobody will take it. Yeah. And it's going to grow um, gold oil on the surface that we have to use a toothpick to clutch a tiny bit of. Yes. And that toothpick worth is enough to instantly manifest for a little while, not yeah. for nine months, not just nine. a little sample. Yeah. But we got to come up with a gold coin and, you know, I don't often stop into the gold coin store, <laughs> but I will be trying to. But if you, anybody has a gold coin sitting around that really doesn't have a lot of use, you know, it's just gathering dust, we can put it to use and you can have it back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we won't keep it forever unless you want to give it away. Yeah. You know, not going to say no, but a nice gold coin to borrow. I don't know how we have to, how long we have to hang it in the Lemurian portal, but I think that it's a very worthwhile experiment. Oh, I think so too. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Do you want to give them the address? 
11672 Hoko Ozette Road. Clallam Bay, 98326. Washington. Oh, Washington State, yeah. yeah. There'll be in the in the um, show notes. You could get the address. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the Shaman Shack. That's the Shaman Shack where the, you know, pyramid exists. Mm-hmm. Only high frequencies I- invited. Yes. And gold coins. And gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a gold coin store in Port Angeles. I might stop by on my way. Okay. Because I'm really curious about that. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun, yeah. So, the uh, story with Mark, with uh, Michael, reminded me of my bear bear dreams. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was a similar type of... Uh, my uh, my realization at one point comes, you know, when you're talking about your conscious um, control of your reality, right? Mm-hmm. You have to include your sleeping, dreaming reality. When you're having dreams and you're at the at the whim of the way that the dream flows, in other words, you're the passenger and not the author, mm-hmm. and you're responding to your dreams based on your internal fears or your internal works that you've done or haven't done or, or whatever, you can find yourself in nightmares that you have no control over whatsoever mm-hmm. and terrors and all these things, right? If you haven't got the conscious waking skills to handle those things, you will not have the unconscious sleeping skills to handle these things either. So that's why it's so critically important to have the very simple thing like the fear processing tool mm-hmm. and then to utilize it in daily in daily conscious thought on a regular enough basis in response to the things that come at you that appear to be, you know, like (laughs) external things, right? Mm -hmm. This thing happens and you have a fear and instead of uh, reacting to the fear, you use the response tool, which is processing that, processing that fear, right? Mm -hmm. So you've altered the way you respond to reality. Uh, let me just put a little oh. note here. Right. The fear processing exercise you can access it at ineliabenz.com. Yes. The text is free. You can also YouTube fear processing exercise in Elia Benz and you can get one or two or more YouTubes of me using it and teaching people how to use it. And in Walk With Me Now, yeah, part of uh, the new book, one of the chapters in the new book, which is coming chapter by chapter on Walk With Me Now, including the book club which is a live reading of the first draft of each chapter includes <laughs> fear processing fear exercise, processing exercise with, the firewall with the firewall exercise done out in a complete um, start to finish i mean it's excellent mm-hmm. anyway um yeah when you start applying those things in your conscious waking day-to-day life that starts to bleed into your unconscious sleeping life too mm-hmm. you've retrained your state yes right so when i was having these dreams since i was freaking 11 or 12 years old my bedroom Alaska though (laughs) yeah my bedroom was down on the bottom floor and the window was a little bit open because I like a little cool air but I read this book called Alaska Bear Tales oh my gosh I don't know about 100 or so people get ate up by bears in horrible (laughs) ways so from that moment on I was terrified a bear was going to reach his claws in and get me through my window to the point where I would you know I would be under my cover sweating. Oh, no. And terrified. <laughs> you can imagine. Don't move a muscle. Not one muscle. Because a bear will come get you. If he's, if you move, they will get you. If you don't move, they won't. Okay. Got you know it. how it works. Yes. So I had spun myself in a pretty pretty good tear state. Yeah. 
And uh, consequently, I started to begin to have dreams about a bear chasing me. Yeah. Not only was I afraid while I was awake, that transferred into my dreams. And now, when I would finally get to sleep, a bear would come chase me down. Oh, man. It was, it was exactly the same as processing your fear in the daytime transfers into your nighttime. Well, not processing your fear in the daytime it transferred into the nighttime. Yes. So for the next 20 or 30 years until finally, you finally I met you and found your tools and could use the fear processing exercise. <laughs> until then, 30 some years, I had, you know, at least once a week, a dream of these bears chasing me. Oh, man. And they got so complicated and I can run fast and I could fly. But you know how it is, you get flying away and you're getting away and then you're in the mud and you're going really slow and it don't matter how hard you try, your legs just don't move. And even though the bear is going 900 miles an hour to catch up to you, it's like only a millimeter behind you still. Oh and you just got to move a little bit, just a little bit more and it'll get away, but your leg won't move. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, I started doing the fear exercise, the fear processing exercise, and I started practicing it on every fear and every time it came up, I started really embodying it. And one night... I had been in this normal dream. There's a bear chasing me. It's a giant bear, too. And uh, I had managed to create a missile silo <laughs> around me Your dream. with four or eight foot thick cement walls. No bear could possibly get through those cement walls. <laughs> and a steel roof, 10 foot thick steel roof. <laughs> You're getting good at this. And I was inside that sucker. It's like, no bear getting in here. And then I went, wait a minute. Fear processing, fear processing. And I became conscious enough at the moment to process the fear that I had been carrying, right? And uh, as I processed the fear... You were still fear, dreaming, right? I was dreaming, yeah. yes. I was processing this fear in my dream. Mm -hmm. I processed the fear. As I processed it, I realized that I wasn't afraid of this bear. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give this bear a hug. <laughs> and I opened up the top of the silo... And I thought the bear would just like sniff in or something. No, it jumped in, claws oh, out boy. both sides. <gasps> Gonna bite me. And I just gave him a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he burst into a million points of light. Wow. It was, the most, it was the most liberating feeling I've had probably in my entire life up to that time. Wow. <clears throat> that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's part of the point, I think, which is, as you move it from conscious, it goes to the unconscious. As you want to move into instant manifestation, conscious, conscious control of your manifestations, you need to have that skill at an unconscious level, too. Oh, yes. Including your dreaming. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's all about becoming conscious and of, of all of our choices, because at the end of the day, it's about choices. Becoming conscious about our choices and not allowing them to be made by programs that are you you integrated into your life through culture or family or experiences but actually make them conscious choices all the time that's why i call it conscious manifestation and um navigating conscious manifestation is really fascinating there's a lot a lot of stories uh, when when I look at human skills, mm -hmm. right, I start looking at mythology, and that's something that I learned in university in Ireland. And um, this teacher was really good. That I can't remember what class it was, but it was very good. 
and he one of the reading books was um the the women who uh walk, uh, walk with wolves or dance with wolves i can't remember and dancing with wolves <laughs> i don't remember exactly the name estella estres i don't i'm so bad with names i don't even know what I'm you're talking really, about i'm really sorry about that we'll put it on the notes and uh, Ilya will put it on the show notes if you remember to tell him what you're talking about <laughs> yeah he'll remind he'll me remember. don't worry okay. he'll remind me so um anyways this book was fascinating because it talked about how many legends around the world reflected teachings that were very similar and it went on from there so what i i then carried on studying myth mythical tales and stories i was always fascinating with them even as a child we had this book about greek mythology and i would read it over and over again anyways what i understood afterwards as more research went into it was that many of the cautionary tales in our world m that are repeated in many many cultures around the world and they often are direct pointers to human skills actual human skills so instant manifestation has so many cautionary tales the two that i can think of are aladdin and kin Midas. And the leprechaun with the gold. Uh, how is that in some manifestation? Well, you get a wish when you catch them, don't you? And it always goes wrong. Oh, it always goes yeah. wrong because you have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah, and all the tales about making deals with the devil, it always goes wrong, right? Because you want to manifest something instantly. So looking at those cautionary tales, I understood then that it meant not so much don't do it, but train yourself and get your stuff together. You know, don't work from a place of fear. Don't work from a place of low frequencies, you know, power over others, revenge and all these type of things. Um, because those who are going to go wrong eventually, how do they go wrong? They hurt others. They hurt you. It's not something that you want to do, really, if you're a high frequency being. Obviously, if you're a low frequency being, that's exactly what you want to do. Establish a low power over others paradigm where you hurt other people. But... That's not our, not who you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So, cautionary tales often move. So, if you want to know all the amazing skills that we have as a species, you can start looking at mythology and all the cautionary tales <laughs> that are there, and then follow those the cautions, right? Because it's not like don't do it. Just be aware and be careful because these things you need to sort out before you do these or you use your skills. And um, or you'll hit the gate, you'll hit the wall, the space, the place where Michael stands, yeah. and you'll be turned back. That's right. It's not. It's okay to yeah. get to the gate and turn around. It is. You can keep yeah. coming to the gate. It might take thirty years, like me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, be aware that that gate's there for a reason. It's to hold you in the game that you're choosing. So yeah. if you're choosing a different game, then you're not the victim of the game that you're in. You're the skilled ability user of the new game that you want to join. Exactly. Plus right. also those limitations and the games, they're yours. You put them there. You put there. them there, right. It's, it, and you have co-creators. It's not like it's external, right? Right. It's just simply to, what is it? Just simply to help hold you in the game you've chosen. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. Because we like our reality to be reasonably solid and, it, you know, you wake up in the morning, you still have a house. 
you go outside and say, I'll still have a car. Yeah. You open your wallet and you still have the twenty dollars. It didn't disappear in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, reality is solidity. Yes. And repeatability and uh, memory and longevity, right? Yeah. So if both you and I have our instant manifestation going and we go to bed and wake up in the morning, my twenty dollars might be in your wallet. <laughs> Honey, can I have my twenty dollars back? <laughs> That's the only way around. Wait a minute. All my money ends up in your wallet all the time. <laughs> yeah, it does that. It's pretty good. We should just leave that one. Just forget about just that leave one. Leave that one alone. Let's do a different one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm Interesting when you start looking at it. I mean, there's the very surface bit, and then when you dig in a little bit, it becomes very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, look at that. Look at what? That design on your curtain there. Yeah. It's a Fibonacci. I don't quite see it, but... Look. Oh, see yeah. See the curve? Yeah. It's just like a shell. It's so perfect. Oh, it's a like, yeah. <laughs> There's something about those numbers. Oh, and that's funny, too. Those numbers are part of the alchemical process with creating the Ormus using Fibonacci numbers and sequences like that. Mm. We also listened to, I don't know if you did, but um, Ash and I listened to, and I think Carol also listened to it, a podcast on numbers. Mm. And, um, yeah, I didn't listen. That was fascinating. That's another bit of instant manifestation thing coming in, like tools and things and stories that you can use to create instant manifestation. And the numbers were empowered numbers that are being used all over the world to create certain realities by programming the human species. And it was it's really fascinating because one of the things that I question is, how do we use them? Right? How do we use these numbers as high-frequency individuals on the planet to guide ourselves and others, even in the planet itself, even the entire human species, into a high-frequency experience and co-creation. Because the others are the ones that are promoting fear and low frequency. They use them all the time, right? They're using it all the time. So why don't we use it like way too, right? I think we do, but ours is like 11-11, right? The, the angel numbers. numbers <laughs> angel numbers and things like that. But yeah. we don't often embed our stuff with secret manipulative numbers to secretly l move things. It's like... Well, it doesn't have to be secret. You can actually state it out. Uh, you could say, hey, boys and girls and men and women, we're going to be using the number um, 2222 for the next month. week or month. And every time that you see it, I want you to think about a beautiful, high-frequency human collective that is empowered and is no longer playing the fear games how about we do that let's do it <laughs> okay 2222 2222 and you, you can you don't even have to see it you can even think it so we need to switch our clocks to 24 hour clock now so we can see this so we get 22s yes. because that's 10 10 22 yeah p.m <gasps> okay Let's play that game okay. until the next episode and then we can... Everyone has a thoughts. phone that's listening to this. Everyone has a computer that's listening to this. Switch your phone or your computer to 24-hour clock. Yeah. It's the active thing you've done to join the game. 
Yes. And now your clock is going to be saying these numbers all the way up to 24. Yeah. Oh, side, uh, roadside markers are great if you do a lot of driving. You'll see the 22, 22. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just one twenty-two, you'll get it because you can put the other 22 on top of it by saying it. Okay, so <clears throat> we're talking about then 22 or 22, 22. Yes. All forms of 22. Two. Yes. Okay, cool. Two, 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 two. <laughs> two, 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 two. Fantastic. Yes, That's great. going to be a nice experiment for a month. Yeah. And so what do we do when we see 22 or 22, 22? we're doing a week. Are we doing a month? Well, we can have a report after we can see if we're going to continue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think a month is actually a good number. I do too, because... Maybe 22 days. Okay, 22 days. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hear this, it's Monday. Yeah. And um, put it on your calendar. And, if, and actually, you can put a calendar reminder that just says 2222. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like that you're going to see it out in the world, which you will start seeing it. It's that you put it into the world. You put it into the world. And you can write 2222 in your networks and social networks and everything every every day, and other people will then see it, right? To become curious. So a month would be putting us around 1222 or 1221. Something like that. Which... That's pretty nice, right? Yeah. Because what day is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> solstice. Oh, 1221 is solstice, yeah. That's nice. I don't know how it relates, but... <laughs> well, it's a synchronicity, honey. Okay, 12... Oh, there's a 22 in the middle. 12, 22. 21. Yeah, there's, there's a 22 there's in a the 22 middle. There's a 22 in the middle, right? Yeah. Very good. Ta-da! Ta see? Magic instantly. And what uh -huh. are we supposed to do when we see a 22 or a 22 22? We're supposed to what? Daydream a beautiful, Daydream. amazing, high-frequency world. Beautiful, amazing, high-frequency world. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. We did it. <laughs> How do you feel, honey? Do you feel complete? Oh, I think that's complete, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> that's Finished amazing. I'm like almost in a buzzing state Yay. of high-frequency. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. I love you, honey. I love you too, honey.